white Alabama barbecue sauce. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will and with me today, coming from three hours away from where I currently am, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the Loki whisperer, if you will. It's the one and only Nate. What's happening, my guy? Not much, man. Happy to uh, be back on. Yeah, man. Glad to have you as always dude i uh i love it when we can make it work out it's uh you know life and all of that stuff tends to get in the way when we try to make this happen sometimes but goodness it's great when you're here man so i really appreciate you uh finding the time and us being able to work it out today yeah absolutely always uh always good to be on i know this is uh you also just have a ton of people wanting to be on your show so i'm, I'm glad to be able to be wedged in yes wedged in you know no you know it's not even a wedge it's shoehorning Oh, okay. Yeah, we're shoehorning you in, which, have you ever actually used a shoehorn? No, I can't, I can't say that I have. Have you? Yes. So, when I was at this shoe store here locally, it's, it's kind of like a men's clothing store, and I wanted to try on some shoes they had. Well, the attendant is super nice, and I guess they work on commission or something, which explains the whole situation. Grabs me the shoe, he cradles my foot, he puts the shoe on, he grabs a shoehorn, like, out of his back pocket from nowhere, and, like, it's it's almost like a butterfly knife, you know, you see someone, like, flip around a butterfly knife, like, he, you know, flips the butterfly knife, but it's not a knife, it's a shoehorn, puts my foot in the thing with, using the shoehorn, like, pushes the thing, does the thing, and then pulls the shoehorn out, and the shoe fit great, it felt great, and I bought him, and I was like, well, this is magical. So I've lied. I have used a shoehorn, but more in a joking manner because, like, we just randomly had one at my house growing up, and I used it, and I thought it was like, all right, this is neat. Yeah. And then I never used it again. Yeah. Well, I get it for dress shoes, but, like, yeah. this dude, like, I was fitting on, like, tennis shoes when this guy did this. And I was like. But, man, like, with, with how people are about their tennis shoes these days. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. It did. It did. And, uh, yeah, it was an experience, and I will say. That's a place that I go to, I'd say, like, once every six months to check out what they have, uh, maybe buy some new shoes and stuff like that, because, like, the experience is uh, it's well worth it. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, anyways, Nate, we're not here to talk about shoehorns and the experience of uh, contributing to capitalism, but we, we, well, I guess we are in a way, but we're here to talk about Marvel Crisis Protocol, and we're kind of in this weird space of nothingness right right yeah no 100 percent. it's a it's a weird like squirrel girl gwenpool being released uh tomorrow for when this comes out which is super awesome excited for uh 
them to hit the table, but like because there's only two characters, and also thank goodness there's only two characters. Yeah. Uh, we kind of have this like awkward space of AMG has revealed probably about a year's worth of releases. Mm-hmm. And so we know what's coming, and we're just gonna get like this very small trickle of uh, character releases over the next few months. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels slower, which, to be fair, this is something that you and I both kind of wanted at one point was was the slower, you know, two, maybe three, maybe four characters per release, but even that's getting to be a lot. So, like, the two characters per release once a month kind of thing, I think that's actually pretty good. But it's interesting because someone like me and how I run this show in a general sense you know, I really enjoy the spoilers and talking and mm-hmm. speculating and theory crafting and all of that stuff. And it's fun when we get those new releases. But that doesn't mean that HPP has nothing to talk about. It just means that we have other fun things to talk about. But we're just in this weird zone, if you will. And like you said, we know the things that are coming. We just don't know what they're going to do. So, yeah, like they did, I guess, the official, like, in shadow reveal for Mbaku and Claw, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we saw those at Adepticon. And Nate, I can't wait to get a better look at this Claw model, but like, dude, it's, I, I know it will not be for everyone. I completely understand that it won't be for everyone, but it's dope. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I got to uh, talk with Dallas a little bit about that model specifically. And it's just like, man, when you when you get these opportunities uh, that you you won't get an opportunity to do this again, like if you have a character that they're the only ones who can do this, like try to make sure that that is captured in the pose. So like sound echo uh, slash multiplying out of yourself kind of a thing like there's not very many people who can do that. So the fact that they were able to make claw do that, uh, is super cool. Yeah, completely agree. So I'm very excited for that model specifically. And then Mbaku's cool. I, I, I have no idea what they're going to make these characters do on the tabletop, but we'll be here when they do. But our main topics tonight, Nate is, I had a question come up recently and I thought it was, a really good question, and it came from uh, Ron Wick in the Discord. He says, what advice do you have for someone that wants to try out Convo, as in Convocation? And mm-hmm. obviously, I can talk at length about Convocation, but thanks to another member of our suit community, Sprinkles, he advised that that might be actually a good topic for a show as the idea of why should I play X affiliation and what makes that affiliation special, why it is fun on the tabletop, what makes it unique, the different things you can do with it and, and that kind of stuff. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about why someone should play convocation and why someone should play Avengers. And uh, I chose both of those affiliations because one, I decently know Convo and, uh, you know, 
former winner of Adepticon with Avengers player here, figured it'd, it'd be worth a shot. You did that? No, no, you did that. Oh, I did that, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was totally you. See, I was trying to prop you up a little bit. It's, it's overrated, but yeah, I, I, did, I did a thing with Avengers. They're fun. Yeah. So, Nate, I think I'll start with Convocation because that's my wheelhouse. And yeah, so why should someone pick up Convocation? And I'd say if you want a challenge in putting together like a puzzle, right? Like if, if you're into putting together puzzles or you like the idea of something that isn't readily apparent at how it functions or how it works and there's some stuff you've got to do to kind of understand the minutia and whatnot, Convocation's great for that because I still feel after having played them consistently for over a year that there's still more to learn with them. I mean, the way I played them when I first started is not the way I play them now. And I take little pieces from every match I have with them to inform how I play them going forward. And when I talk to people that are just getting into this game, Convo is not one of those affiliations that I would necessarily tell someone to go out and grab unless their favorite characters are Doctor Strange, Doctor Voodoo, Baron Mordo, and, you know, the lady that continually blows herself up, Clea. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to me, they are a really fun, challenging, and unique affiliation within the broader Marvel Crisis Protocol landscape. And that is one major reason why I like to play them. And Nate, for you, as someone who has played against a little bit of Convocation and stuff and seen some of my games playing them and stuff like that, like what kind of things intrigue you about Convocation? Man, the, the shenanigans intrigue me from the outside looking in because you have like a slew of like what, eight different tactic cards for the affiliation? Yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton. Uh, and all of them, a lot of them are niche cases, but in those niche cases, they're actually like really good. Yep. Uh, and so I feel like Convocation, you'll have like the same probably seven or so tactic cards across the board, uh, but then you ha you can have these three that like, I'm not, I don't know what they do. I don't remember. There's way too many at this point. Uh, and so there, there's kind of like some shenaniganery that can uh, be had that's uh, really cool to see. Yeah, and you mentioned tactics cards. Like, it, it is eight tactics cards, and they're all really unique. And probably the most unique thing about Convocation is how their leadership functions. And I would say it's the most unique thing. We now have two instances of it, but Convocation still stands out on its own because they have a leadership, the bar with no doors. If you have never heard me talk about Convocation, never heard me anything about Convocation and how they work or anything like that. So they have a dual-sided leadership card. None of the characters in the affiliation are actually a leader. It's just you can put this card, the bar with no doors, on any Convocation character, and that character becomes your leader. It's got two sides, 
two wildly different effects also. And it's arguable that one side is better than the other. I mean, I personally have a preference on my side of what I like better. But there are uses for each one. And that's part of what I was talking about with like that puzzle and what you mentioned with the shenaniganery or the chicanery or, you know, the insert word of weirdness in Mm -hmm. that trying to decipher when is the right time to maybe flip that leadership card over is one of the things that, Nate, I still struggle with. Yeah, it's it's not one of those things that you're going to play the game with Convocation even five times and really fully understand it, probably. Yeah, you would be correct. And fun fact here, we mentioned Loki. So on the bar with no doors, Loki's literally in the picture. <laughs> oh my gosh, don't get me started on this. And he's not in Convocation. Like, what the heck? What the heck? Like, where where's Enchantress? Where's Loki? What what's what's with the Asgardian hate? Where's Scarlet yeah. Witch? Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Let me just. Yeah. So that right there in and of itself with their leadership card is a super unique thing. And it also is unique in that it is an additional card that you get outside of your standard five cards that you take in squad building. So whereas like Hellfire Club or First of the Black Order, those count against your tactics card slot. This doesn't. and. You really feel that, Nate. I don't know about you, but like I've played a little bit of Hellfire Club. I've seen people play First of the Black Order. Those two things are really good in their own right, but requiring that to be a spot on your squad versus an additional card like Bar With No Doors is, that really matters. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you had any experience with it? Uh, Not with Bar, but uh, I've played some, uh, some Black Order uh, once basically right as uh, the right hand uh, t- leadership came out as a tactic card. And it was, it was really unfortunate because at that same time, you also got two other really cool tactic cards that you would want to try out with the uh, Black Swan, Black Dwarf team up that gives you kind of a pseudo drop off with Black Dwarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Uh, the Psychic Shockwave with Supergiant and Ebony Maw giving, uh, oh, what is it called? You, play, you played this to me on by devastating effect, the uh, drop extracts and deal damage card. Oh, yeah, it's the, uh, it's like um, Well-Laid Plants. Well-Laid Plants. Yeah, yeah, that's still um, on the YouTube channel. Go check that out. I beat Nate. Yeah, that, that hurt real bad. <laughs> um, so, like, they they got access to all these other really cool cards, but there's also plenty of black order specific cards that like you don't want to drop uh blood despair really really good uh mothership really really good and then two restricted cards and it's like oh i don't have room for anything else all of a sudden let alone execute or some of the other stuff uh and yeah eating up a tactic card slot hurts it does it does so That's another unique thing about Convocation, and I want to continue to focus on the tactics cards for just a second, because honestly, and I will, it's okay if you don't agree with me here, but like, just say these things after I say them, like pause the podcast, say the thing, and tell me that this doesn't sound awesome when you say it. 
the book of Cagliostro. Doesn't that sound awesome? Or hang on, the Ironbound books of Shuma Gorath. Wait a second, I got another one here. The Bane of Dambala. I mean, those things sound cool. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, saying those things while you're playing the game, like, hang on, I'm going to whip out the Wanda Watum on you real quick. Like, those things are fun. It's fun to say the thing with these tactics cards. And to your point that you made earlier, each of these tactics cards, while I may not competitively play these cards very often, uh, just for whatever reason, right? I, I have a play style that I kind of gravitate towards and not all of these line up with my play style. But again, there's eight tactics cards here. There's room for experimentation. The way I play Convocation and the way our friend Octotaco, who is in the discords, plays it, and the way that other people out there that are better at this game than I am play Convocation, it's all different. There are more than one way to play this affiliation that you know and like this wand of watum card as an example is one that i rarely take but like if i were to take it and wong uses it it's a range five strength seven energy attack on wong like that's awesome yeah suddenly the two threat with a range of two uh, becomes a long range menace for a turn yeah you can reach out and touch somebody and it's just stuff like that that I find to be really fun is like, okay, cool. How can I maximize my characters, put them in a position to succeed, and all of that stuff? And that's only talking about the tactics cards, let alone the characters in this affiliation are just personally some of my favorite characters. Like, I love Doctor Strange just as a character. And I've said it before on this podcast, I'll say it again. Last Days of Magic is one of the best Doctor Strange stories that you'll ever have. I absolutely love it. It's very fun and highly recommend it. But you've got two different versions of Doctor Strange here that function very differently. Very differently. I have my preference, but the thing is, they're both pretty good characters. And then you've got Doctor Voodoo, who is still a great character in this game right now. And, you know, there was a time, I don't know if we're super past that time or not, but there was a time when people thought Voodoo needed a pretty hard nerf. What about you, Nate? But I think that the discourse around that has calmed down a little bit. I think he definitely could maybe be tuned a little better. Mm -hmm. But I hope that if we ever get another tuning of characters, that they don't, hit voodoo with the nerf hammer and here's why you ready for this nate i'm ready for it so where is voodoo the most problematic on cubes and hammers question mark okay that's fair i should have qualified it a little better what affiliations and in in what situations is he the most like problematic uh, it's a trick question. Anywhere, anywhere. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a trick question. So he's the most problematic in splash areas or somewhere like Avengers where you take a character that is already pretty efficient 
and you you turn their efficiency up even that much more. That's the way I look at it. So Voodoo, to me, is a character that, you know, generally pretty efficient character. He can generate power at a decent clip with his rolling skulls, the sap, all of that fun stuff. And then if you put him in somewhere like Avengers, he's relatively safe because Recall Spirit's only going to cost you one. His throw's only going to cost you two. Uh, possession doesn't really matter. But, like, anyways, I think the point is made, and just this is my opinion, obviously, that I think that out of a convocation is where Dr. Voodoo is quote-unquote problematic. Whereas in convocation, he is, in my opinion, an integral cog in the machine that makes convocation function. And I went a long time. Like, I was like, I'm not going to play Voodoo just to try to see how integral he is to the Wizards. And mm-hmm. I've come to the conclusion that he's critical to their success. And I feel like and I worry that if Convocation loses what Dr. Voodoo is, they're really going to struggle because they already tend to play taller, tend to be pretty squishy, and you take away a Voodoo who, at least my Voodoo, is made of paper but other people are like oh yeah he just never dies and it's like yeah it must be nice but anyways typically pretty solid defensively rolling four dice sometimes six dice if you take away some of the tools that he brings to that affiliation and with his possession and the way it works he basically gives you another character on the table and at least how I play you've got Strange, who's a five threat, Voodoo, who's a four threat, and at least a couple other three threats, maybe other four threats floating around there. Or then you've got maybe Wong, who is a two threat, but he's not really doing much other than kind of support. And maybe he'll score you a point on like a back demon or on a home extremist, something like that. But Voodoo kind of can give you like almost a pseudo extra character with the way possession works. And that's one of the things that I think is kind of fun and special about Dr. Voodoo in Convocation is you can play a little taller knowing you have Voodoo to fall back on. Yeah, I I can see that. Yeah. So I feel like he's a critical part of Convocation more so than he is other places, but I feel like he's going to potentially be rebalanced. And I feel like that the discussion around him being rebalanced is all about his outside versus who he is on the inside. But playing Dr. Voodoo is one of the fun things about Convocation, in my humble opinion. And another thing here is when you're playing Convocation, you're kind of like living on the edge, Nate, because what's the most common attack type in the game? Physical. That would be correct. So you've got people like Ancient One with a two physical defense, Mordo with a two physical defense, Clea with a two physical defense. You've got your books. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, you got the books. You got the books. And those Ironbound books of Shumagorath, again, just say it. Just like, just put some sauce on it, Nate, for me and say it real quick. What? That you're just going to use the books and be fine? No, no, put the sauce on the name and say it. Oh, the books of Shumagorath? 
Come on, man. Put the sauce on it. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Uh, well, it's okay. Someone out there listening is putting the sauce on it right now, Nate, and they're having a great time. Uh, I hope it's white Alabama barbecue sauce. Nah, man. It's that East Carolina vinegar-based sauce. Mm. Yeah, get it right. Anyways. <laughs> so... The Ironbound Books of Shumagorats is a great card. It allows you for an entire round to count your mystic defense when you're targeted by physical attacks. Definitely can throw people off. It's super weird. If you're playing Convocation, read your cards because they're usually dense and people don't know what they do. So just be prepared for that. But really, the thing I want to kind of end this discussion on, Nate, before we move on to Avengers, and like, obviously, I'm hyped for Convocation. And... Uh, the, the weaknesses that they have are built in of a, a weakness to physical, but if you, again, you put that puzzle piece in the right spot by playing your Ironbound Books of Shumagorath at the right time, you can kind of somewhat mitigate that built-in weakness for a round. And you've really got some fun, press-your-luck moments and things that you can do with this affiliation, and another thing that I really enjoy and how I play and have, have been doing more of is, so like Web Warriors is known as a control and move affiliation, I would say. And Convocation plays a similar game, but in a different way. And you've got characters like Strange Supreme, or the Superior Strange, as I like to call him, who has a level of control that is pretty hard to match in crisis protocol outside of like Thanos maybe. And I just love it. I love the way that he can control the board and also put out some damage. And then you've got a character like voodoo who can control the VP scoring and, and slow down your opponent a little bit, has a throw, has some displacement. And then when you're looking at like Mordo strange voodoo, all three of those characters are on 50 mil bases. So, like, your movement can be surprising, which is a lot of fun to me. And, like, it's, it's, it's just fun. And then the last and most awesome thing for me is it's an affiliation full of mystic attacks. And a lot of people don't like mystic attacks. So there you it's go. true. <laughs> I mean. Not a fan. Yeah. Look, if I see Steve Rogers on the other side of the board when I'm playing my convocation list, I'm like, sweet. I mean, yep. And that's when I'm like, uh, Black Panther, you get to stay home. Yeah, pretty much. But Suits, let us know. Uh, let us know what you think about Convocation. And if there's anything I left out, you know, and the, and the thing is, is this is just me and how I love this affiliation and why I think people should invest the time to learn them. It's because it's been very rewarding. I've been to plenty of events. I think my competitive record with them is actually like exactly 50-50 in events and stuff, but like, I don't, I feel rewarded. I feel, uh, fulfilled, but yet still more to unlock with them as an affiliation. Like I said, I've been playing them for a while now since they came out really. And mm -hmm. I just, I love it. I think they're super fun and unique on the tabletop. And if they would just, Fix Soul Barb on Baron Mordo, he'd be one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I just, I can't. I've got to get my barbs in where I can. 
but yeah. Fun. Got it. Cute. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I thought. Yeah. So, anyways, let us know if you have any other thoughts on convocation. Send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. If you're part of the Discord community, let us know what you think of convocation over there. And if you feel like I did a good job of selling the affiliation, if you will, it's one of those things where I always love when I pull up an event and I see somebody running convocation. I'm like, man, I, I hope that person does good. You know, mm-hmm. and you're rooting for them. Yeah. Always, every time. But uh, yeah, that's just me and my love for that affiliation. And I probably am more fangirling over here, fanboying for this affiliation. And as we go through these, and do some of this stuff a little more often. Like every, we're not going to do it all the time, but you know, why should I play X affiliation? We'll try to be a little more grounded and stuff like that. But this is one where I just, I really enjoy it, and it's daunting for a lot of people to pick up Convocation, but it's it's really fun, really rewarding, ultimately. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Nate, Avengers. So it it is a good question, like why why play avengers uh and the first response i have to that is kind of like what are you what are you looking for out of your game uh because there there's a lot of reasons uh to play avengers pretty much at any of the what i conceive of as kind of like four levels to play the game at uh Mm. narratively uh you've got your iconic characters of uh marvel especially for those who have really just been introduced uh heavily to marvel in the past uh decade or so with the release of iron man and all of those following movies that follow the avengers uh they have a huge huge roster of models that just got even two more somewhat random additions with gwenpool and squirrel girl uh so you're able to just play with a bunch of characters that you know and love from a casual perspective Mm -hmm. uh, again you just have this like super wide variety of uh, things that you're able to uh, play and play well because they have just well really because Marvel Crisis Protocol is just such a well-balanced game at the end of the day uh, that you can put a team of uh, Sam Wilson Iron Man uh, Luke Cage, Deadpool, and Miss Marvel on the field and be like, hey, here's a bunch of threes that are all pretty solid in their own rights and let's just have it go at it. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably do okay. You want to take it a step further uh, to people who like not aren't necessarily looking for like the highest level of competitiveness, uh, but you're looking for cool synergies Man, Steve does synergies uh, about as good as anybody else in the game as far as just uh, making you want to play toward those synergies with his superpower cost reduction. Specifically because you can go find those characters with reactive abilities or abilities that they can suddenly use turn one that they otherwise couldn't uh, and just turn that character up to a 9 or 10 where maybe they usually sit at like a 7. So all of a sudden, Venom gets to attack back at characters for one power, and on turn one, he gets to pull somebody toward him medium. Mm. Uh, So much fun shenaniganizing that uh, can be done thanks to some of the synergies that you're able to find there. So there's 
a lot of fun reason to to play there. And then on the competitive level of like, hey, you're you're shooting for first place at a big convention. Uh, the reason I love Avengers isn't because they bring the jank that other bo- everybody else is like having to worry about, but because they are just the most well-rounded team to answer a lot of these problems that can easily arise in the game. Yeah, so like the ultimate toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Very, very flexible. I think you hit on some really good points that I probably should have been much more measured, <laughs> like I said, with my discussion. You're passionate, man. It's okay. It's the passion. Yeah, it's the passion just gets me, man. You know, I, there, somebody put a spell on me, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I need to quit laughing at my own jokes. Uh, it's not good. It's not healthy. Uh, Never change, Will. Never change. Yeah. So you mentioned some stuff that I really like here, Nate, and specifically like narratively and how like, you know, Avengers, right? Good guys versus cabal bad guys. Like that's the core set in action, ready to go. I really like that. I like, you know, casually, like you said, that's, you know, casual is great. This game is a beer and pretzels game that people play competitively sometimes, right? But I really like Mm -hmm. what you said with like the synergistic stuff and trying to find those little synergies and something like you said venom for one power so off the rip turn one he can move and yank someone medium there's from range four away doesn't even have to be in line of sight please never change venom amg don't do it he's fine (laughs) yeah i mean i agree i agree venom's venom's great and that's one of those things where you're not going to find that really as easily as you do in other affiliations, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and then another thing is just, like, the level of characters that you have in affiliation are so great and so varied that you're never going to have a hard time finding something to play with, you know? Yeah, like, if you just look at the four threats, not including the leader, Steve Rogers, you've got Black Panther who, in my opinion, is one of the most well-rounded four threats in the game to the point where it's ridiculous. You've got Dr. Voodoo, who needs a, just like, he only needs the squirrel girl tweak. That's it. That's all he needs. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have Vision at four threat, who uh, is absolutely just like a, a solid all-rounder, He's basically got a 5-5-4 defense stat line, 12 total stamina, has a medium throw on terrain and characters for two power, which in Steve's is really just one power. Uh, Vision's also... So, like, just there, you have three really good four threats that aren't even your leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you nailed it. In terms of versatility, I'd be hard-pressed to say that there's anything better than Avengers. Yeah, I mean, but that also comes with having one of the widest uh, rosters in the game. Exactly. Exactly. Come on, AMG, more wizards. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Or, hey, Scarlet Witch, Loki, Enchantress, just, like, throw Rogue in A-Force, do it. Now, I'm here for all of this, yes. But, Nate, outside of the 
the variety and the potential synergies that you can get. You know, the Friday AI for one power is just, you know, chef's kiss and mm-hmm. all of that synergistic stuff. But like, like, why should someone say, okay, I've got my core box. I want to expand and just Avengers. You know, is there like a, I don't want to say why, because we've given a lot of good reasons as to why, but is there a like secret sauce that is Avengers in Marvel Crisis Protocol? I feel like we've given a lot of good answers here, but is there like a killer app that you, you know what I mean? Like, that's like this, it just is so much fun to have Hawkeye shoot somebody from range five and take them out on their activation when they target him with a quick draw. Or sorry. Fast yeah, absolutely. Draw. So there, there are all sorts of plays and I could, I could go down a ridiculously long list that I won't uh, do, but I'll, I'll hit a couple of highlight reels for uh, some of the inaffiliation characters that just can do really cool stuff uh, either in the game or right out of the gate. Uh, so Black Panther, for example, is able to move up long, almost be within range of a center point, but doesn't quite get there. But then for one power, he has a pounce, which lets him throw himself short, but he won't take any damage from any collisions. So he basically gets a three-hit success on anybody, which puts him on a middle point. And then he also can make an attack that shoves any character size three or less away short. Mm. And mm. Like, so all of that's online and a five die strike probably does at least a damage or two, which gives him power. So that the next turn he's able to pounce as well as get rerolls on all of his attacks for the rest of the turn. Yeah. And don't worry about defense because he's counting blanks on uh, attacks that are physical and energy. So good for black Panther. Yeah. Don't play Black Panther into wizards. <laughs> yeah, doesn't doesn't feel good. Yeah. Uh, Hulk is another just uh, extremely nasty one who is able to gamma leap up, move, throw seven dice. If you get a power, you have enough power to throw a size four object or character medium. Uh, the synergies with Sam Wilson uh, are where it can get really nutty because you can either choose to charge right off the rip with a long move range four attack and potentially shove somebody off and then have an additional action left over. Uh, or you can airlift a slower moving character range two, which would then allow any medium move on a small base to get to the center line. Mm. Uh, so being able to do that with uh, one of my personal favorites is Loki uh, is really nasty for it because he gets a lot more efficient all of a sudden. Uh, but even somebody like Iron Man, uh, just the ability to move up in board position, threaten an extract and being able to run away with it. That there's a lot of fun things that Avengers are just able to do uh, right out the gate that control points on the board because of throws and pushes and all of these other things. Uh, the last one I'll just hit on because Loki is an absolute menace and people need to realize it uh, <laughs> is Loki's able to move up to the center line, grab a central extract, have two power left for trickster 
So in case he does get targeted by an attack, he can advance away short. Mm. And that like that's able to even ignore a character like Hawkeye. If Hawkeye moved up max range, uh, that short move back is able to get Loki out of Hawkeye's range five. Oh man, that's see, I didn't even know that. Learning something new every day. Yeah, so there, there's just a lot of cool things. And again, I don't want to go down the full list. Uh, you already mentioned Venom. Uh, I mentioned Venom and what he's able to suddenly do turn one. Mm-hmm. Lots of, uh, the, with as many, the more characters that come out, the longer that list gets. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that that is the secret sauce, is that finding those overlaps and those fun little nuances and even for a character that's out of affiliation like you mentioned with Loki that can have that little tool in his toolkit to make him work just that very much better I think is what makes Avengers special and I think it's what leaves a lot of room for more exploration with those characters as a whole is that we look at this game maybe in a little different way than someone sitting down to play at their local game night, but trying to find some random synergy with somebody in Avengers is really fun in my humble opinion. And being able to say, okay, cool. I'm going to take a character that maybe doesn't get the love like a black dwarf as an example and say i'm gonna put him in avengers and now i'm gonna get to do an enforced oblivion for one power if that's what you want to do or intimidating presence for now one power cool you're attacking black dwarf the whole time powering him up good luck that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff this is that to me is the fun and and secret awesome thing that make avengers worth continuing to go back to right yeah you you never run out of fun options yeah yeah so and that's just from the steve side of it the sam side of it's a whole other thing yeah that's a, that's a whole other thing i'm not as familiar with it it's good it's fun justin abuses them it's great <laughs> exactly shout out to old jimmy to hand there but uh nate i think that kind of wraps up our our little special segment here and Again, like I said, after the convocation thing, Suits, if there is something that we're missing that we're not covering, let us know. I love talking about this stuff, and I love it when people say, well, hey, did you think about this? Did you think about that? And if I remember it, I will mention it on another episode. So, yeah, let us know. You know, the Discord's a great way to do it. I'm at HPP underscore Will on most of the Discords. You got Nate GG here on most of the Discords. Uh, also, like I said earlier, housepartyprotocolpod.gmail.com. So definitely check those things out to let us know what you think. But Nate, something I've somewhat neglected to do a lot of lately, and that's take show questions. And we have a fair few of them that I'm excited to get to today. So are you ready for this? I'm ready for it. All right. So we've got M. Whalen. hope I'm saying that right, or Wallen, maybe says, I'm more curious as to why shouldn't I just play Hulk, Mal, Thanos, or Immortal Hulk in those affiliations and whether X can compete without them? 
This is a great question. So he's relating this to the why should I play thing X as a why shouldn't I just add these characters into those affiliations. And Nate, I personally don't have a compelling reason to tell someone not to add those characters into those affiliations, but it's just kind of what are you trying to do? So I, I think I, I have a, a reason, if you don't mind me uh, stepping on your toes a little. Step on them. Cool. So let, let, let's break it down to the four ways to kind of uh, the mindsets that are most common to approach the game. If you're playing narratively, uh, you, you probably, like even in a, a narrative game, it's not just like the, the list you build, but when you were on the table, you're kind of wanting to actively make decisions that tell a story. Mm-hmm. It's not about Thanos just portaling everybody off of objectives. It's not about Hulk running away with extracts when Hulk would absolutely be taking those hammers to Smashtown. Uh, so in those situations, no, you, you wouldn't want to do those. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a casual game, kind of more of the same. Uh, you're maybe playing a little bit more focused to win in a casual situation than trying to focus on the story. Uh, but I don't think you would bring those characters necessarily in the first place. Uh, maybe when you start getting into some synergies that you're like, oh man, like Malekith with Steve still gets to charge turn one without any extra hoops. And so maybe that's uh, kind of worth exploring and stuff. But at the end of the day, when you are at a like the, the competitive, the top tier kind of levels, the reason that you shouldn't play Hulk, Mal, Thanos, or Immortal Hulk in, say, Convocation is because there's better lists that run them, so you should just be running him in Cabal with Malekith, or you should be running Thanos in Guardians, because it just doesn't make sense to try to make some of those other places work when they're not as efficient if you're trying to be at that level of play. That's a really insightful answer, Nate, and... I really like that. And, you know, I've played Hulk in my convocation off and on for a long time now. And yeah, I mean, Hulk's just a good model. And, you know, Malekith is a good model. Thanos is a good model. Immortal Hulk is my new love affair. I'm really having fun with that model. And why shouldn't you play those places in those affiliations? I think you really nailed it in terms of, especially as you go up the ladder of starting at narrative, casual, synergizing, and then finally that competitive level. And and I say ladder, not one of those things is better than the other. Not even a little bit. They all are valuable and valid parts of this game that we love, but they serve different purposes. I've played my fair share of just narrative games and that's one of the things I think AMG does great is the organized play kits having that narrative and I've also played my fair share of casual games and you know I'm not trying to necessarily rack my brain with how I'm going to tractor beam someone in with Thanos and you know trying to make sure I don't make a mistake with my Malekith and get him killed or Hulk and get him killed or whatever. Like, you know, I just am 
I'm just playing, just having fun. And same thing with like the synergizing. And I think like synergizing and competitive stuff kind of somewhat overlap a little bit. But trying to find those synergies and saying, okay, well, like you said, Mal in Avengers, now he can charge turn one again. But is it really the most efficient way to do that? You know, that's the questions you have to ask. And I think this kind of bleeds into another question that we're going to have. But ultimately, it's, I think this question, Nate, is relating to these are the boogie people. Mm-hmm. of Marvel Crisis Protocol right now. Yeah. And so if you're asking yourself, I'm playing Web Warriors, why shouldn't I just put Malekith in my Web Warriors? Well, like you said, Nate, might not be the most efficient place for him. If you want to play Malekith in your Web Warriors, then by all means do it. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to, like Thanos in Web Warriors, pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, so do the thing. but. If you're trying to ask a question of like, why shouldn't I just be playing these models because they are the best models? That's a bit of a different question. Right? Yeah. And I think we might address that a little bit later for some other questions. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, Coral Dorn or Coral Dorn? I don't know how to say it. I don't say things right says what's better for list building to stick in a theme or take a lot of splash characters well nate i think our four cornerstone questions that we've talked about earlier of narrative casual synergistic and competitive can kind of apply to this question in that it depends is probably the best answer. What, what are you trying to do? Uh, and even then, uh, you can also twist it to say like a theme. And I, I don't think that this is the intention, but sometimes there's a theme uh, like with Shadowlands Daredevil. I have a, a list that's oops, all rapid fire and rerolls. So either everybody in the list has the ability to rapid fire or has re-rolls that stack with Daredevil's leadership and just becomes viciously aggressive. And so, like, kind of sticking to that theme, uh, but because they're talking about splash characters, it definitely feels like they're they're kind of talking about how if you would want to build a list with all affiliated characters mm-hmm. versus taking splash characters that are likely able to synergize with what you're doing. Yeah, and to your point about a theme, I have a list I've been toying with where it's all stealth or all long movers, or my current one that I've been messing with because I've been playing Midnight Suns a lot lately is the Bleedy Bros, where, like, everyone can put out bleed. <laughs> I think that's, that's cute. I like it. Yeah, it's exactly it. It's just cute. And uh, I think when you're trying to build a list, like, let's look at it from a casual perspective, right? If If I'm trying to go to my local game night and... Me and my opponent are like, yeah, let's just jam, man. Like, whatever. Just pick what looks fun. Like, okay, cool. I haven't put Agent Venom on the table a ton, so I'm going to play Agent Venom tonight. Okay, well, let's build around that. About, you around, should, because that's a sin. Well, I know it is. Or, uh, okay, you know, I haven't played Inhumans much, so let's let's get some Inhumans time. Here we go. You know? Mm-hmm. 
that kind of stuff. Or if I'm building a competitive list and I say, do I want to take a lot of splash characters? I think it depends, but it's like for me with Convocation, I know where my weaknesses are in terms of my list building with what I'm going to need to make certain threat values. So is it a lot of splash characters? Maybe, but like Guardians, right? Guardians is a really good example of an affiliation that rewards splashing a lot of characters in because you can be pretty affiliated pretty cheaply. So, I mean, what is it, eight? You can have three affiliated models for eight threat? Yep, and you can have four for ten. Exactly. So, season to taste. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> Schultze says, how do you think AMG will handle crisis cards going forward? They're clearly not including them in character packs anymore, and surely we won't have the exact same set we have now for the life of the game. This is a great question. Nate, why don't you take it first? This is pure and total guesswork because it's a fantastic question. I haven't looked too, too deeply or thought too, too deeply about this at all. My hope is we maybe see a bi-yearly or not bi-yearly, twice a year. Bi-annually. Bi-annually. There it is. Yes. Uh, Updates, Uh, whether it's a slight change that is maybe made, hopefully more because more is always a, a welcome addition, uh, but I think uh, I think they will continue to be uh, updated in the card packs and then also for print and play. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know how often we're going to see updates, but we've broken some conventions that we had for the first couple years of the game of A through F. Now, kind of the sky's the limit on maps and design space. So as long as they're continuing to bring us new and varied crisis, which I assume they will, but I don't think we're going to have it in a every so often kind of thing. So much as like you said, more of a dump, like Mm -hmm. every so often, however often that is, we'll have a dump of new stuff. And I think that that's going to be, a good thing for the game like i think letting crises and the meta if you will marinate a little bit i don't think is a bad thing but mm-hmm. if you let's say a year from now we still have no new crises then maybe i've got my eyebrow raised yeah you know i, I would be surprised because we'll, we'll at least get a card pack this year. AMG have at least said as such. Oh. We don't know if it's going to include any character cards or anything, but there's supposed to be a crisis card pack with oh, AMG yeah. official, nice-looking uh, crisis cards. Yeah, super ready for that. However, Schultz printed off some really awesome ones at Adepticon that are just... Uh-huh. Yeah, that's going to be in my box forever. Yeah, I've I've got all of those uh, as well, and those map cards are the first ones I have actually like sleeved, and I now just take them with me wherever I go because there's so many map layouts. It's wonderful. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Binks says, 
a lot. <laughs> I really want to say I appreciate you, Binks, for writing all of this stuff, but I'm going to boil it down to a couple of points. I feel like the wider tournament meta has casual people talking about how overpowered or underpowered something is. But when you ask what it would take for an underpowered character to be better, it's one little minor change. And speaking to how well the balance the game is, if it's just that one little tiny nugget off, how much do you think character choice actually matters? I don't know about you, but I think you could give the best players actual random lists of three and four drops and they would still win the majority of their games. I think this game just has a lot more marginally performing models because I think it is just that well balanced. Would you agree about that or do you have any hot takes about the balance? Nate, take it away. So yeah, there, there's a lot of just a lot of these characters really only need very small changes. I do think uh, that a very few of them are as small as Iron Man's Friday AI going from cost three down to cost two, and suddenly he sees a lot more play. I think it's not that simple for everybody, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think character choice matters a lot. Uh, and I, and I guess in this hypothetical situation, uh, if everybody in a pool, you let's say you put like three really good players like Sooner, Pat, and Sploosh, or a Mike DeLuca, or you get the idea, uh, these really well-known, good, com and consistently good players, and you put them in a room with like 50 other uh, players that aren't as uh, serious about the game and everybody gets random models, then yeah, th those guys probably come out on top. However, if the other 50 people get to choose their teams, I don't think that the random lists, even if you give them a leader and enough characters to make affiliation, are going to be able to hold up as well. Uh, I, I say this with a little bit of experience because uh, Sooner from the Gamers Guild did it, tried to make Defenders into Top Cut uh, a couple of TTS seasons ago and just could not make it happen. The lack of tactic cards, uh, a leadership that uh, frustrates Sooner to no end at the moment, uh, despite a really, really nice roster of characters, uh, he just was not able to make it happen, basically. Yeah. So I, I think character choice matters pretty significantly. Yeah, I think character choice definitely matters. I like your example there on that of the 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 randomness of the room and everything. I, I think that there are things about character choice and stuff like also how many reps you have with characters and stuff like that. Like if I gave DeLuca a bunch of characters that he's never put on the tabletop and never played against, which I doubt there's any in this game that that would apply. But if I gave him those characters and, and he just gets to look at their cards, he's going to make mistakes like anyone, right? Like, and I'm using DeLuca as an example, you sooner as an example, shadow mm -hmm. Marvel, 
I think all of these people would, Merzane, have the same outcome. Hold on now. Merzane's not in that same tier. What's, nah. Get back in your dungeon, Merzane. No, I'm, 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 I'm ragging on him. He's oh. great. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, the idea that good players are good players. Yes, they are good players, right? But that character choice and being able to know what characters you're playing, have a bit of a plan, especially when it comes to a competitive discussion, that does matter. And that's why you see consistently the same people rising to the top. Aaron from the Web Warriors protocols and and his play and being so good is because he's played the same thing forever. And he's played mm-hmm. consistently. And and yeah, he's mixed in a character here or there. But he's played Web Warriors. And when you play the same thing and you get really good with that one thing, I mean, it's the old, like, you know, you do something 10,000 times, you get really good at it thing. You know, it's not that these guys went and picked up models off the shelf and put them together that day and then went and played with them. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into all of this and why I feel I feel like these guys tend to be in that upper tier and you know not to throw any shade at sooner but our boy graham took defenders i think the four and one three and one at adepticon and played pretty darn good with them so i think it's just you know solving what you want to try to do so uh yeah shout out to yeah. our boy graham but anyways when we're talking about like you know the tournament meta influencing the casual discussions and all of that stuff I mean, that's, that's a fact. And when we talk about balance and stuff like that, like it's, you know, there, nothing is perfectly balanced every time. Like Thanos's little knife, he shows in infinity war or whatever. Like that's, that's, that's just not how unfortunately it works. But I think that this game in the overall is about as close to balance as we're going to get in the miniature wargaming space. Mm Mm-hmm. And when we reference these characters we talked about earlier, Hulk, Mal, Thanos, Immortal Hulk, like, are these characters a problem to the balance? That's a maybe? I I don't think so. I think that as you go higher in threat, it's harder to balance things. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it is my seven threat Malekith, my six threat Hulk, my seven threat um, Immortal Hulk, like these models need to be doing four actions worth of stuff because they're replacing at least two characters. So on their turn, they need to be an efficiency level that can mimic, in a sense, two other characters. Like if you had two whole other actions to do, would these characters be matching that output. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and so that's where I find the, the balance question. And when we talk about balances, like are, are there tunings that could be done to Malekith a little more, maybe to Hulk a little more, maybe, but in the overall, it's still, still pretty in line with everything. I think. Yeah, and I think 
along I, I think you you hit on it really well player reps is a, a very significant thing not just with the models but the models within certain teams and what you can expect and the synergies and uh it it, it goes deep uh i don't think people are able to just pick up pat's list that he won adepticon with which is the thanos guardians uh, I don't think anybody can just pick that up and expect to go win a local event. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I think it takes understanding how those cogs fit into that machine. Mm-hmm. You know? And when I, I said earlier how the tournament meta it gets people talking casually about things, I mean, that's just... I said it's a fact. And, like, it, it just is because, like, people like me and you and so many other content creators out there that's the the thing that we're tapped into and being a part of that community and everything and seeing all these different results. Well, it's interesting. So therefore we talk about it and, you know, someone casually might say, Oh, well, I really love Wolverine. Great. Play Wolverine. I've watched Leland make videos where Sentinels did great or She-Hulk performs or whatever, insert other character. And that just goes to show that on any level of this game, any character can be fun and useful, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not they were in a tournament winning roster. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, Nate, before we started the show, but like it's a dice game. And dice do weird stuff in this game. Yeah, these are, this is a non-consistent dice game specifically. Yeah. And uh, that brings us to our next question here. Derail one for me says, what can I do to train my dice to roll successes? And uh, of course there's the uh, great picture of the microwave with all crits facing up, you know, it looked, that'll do it. But uh, no, don't do that. Don't cheat. But uh, no, you, you, you set all your dice out. You just take one example dice that rolls very poorly. You take a hammer and chisel to it, and you let the other dice watch. Mm, there you go. I, I like that method. See, I was thinking more of like positive reinforcement. Every time they roll a crit, I give them a treat. And then every time they roll a skull, I scold them. Yeah, dice are hard-headed, though. You got you to gotta really let it. Mm-hmm. They're pretty there. sharp, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways yeah just roll more dice there you go just all the dice all the time so half as ninja says what do you think in regards to custom tools slash dice most people have no problem with custom tools but custom dice seem to be a bit of a hot topic so custom tools and stuff i think it's all about like if you can hold the tool up to another tool and it matches up, then it doesn't matter, right? Like, I'm personally okay with custom tools. I have multiple sets of custom tools. And mm-hmm. I'm about to go to a tournament this weekend in Oxford, and I'm taking the ones from Adepticon, and I know they're short. Yep. But you know what? Only, they, only a little bit, though. They look awesome. Yeah. So there you go. But as it relates to dice... I feel like dice is a little bit harder of a thing to measure, right? So you can hold a tool up to another tool and say, this is long, this is short, whatever. And 
and there you go. And then also all of the tools, I don't want to say all of, but a lot of the tools have come from known reputable companies. And again, it's that visual thing that you can do with it. Whereas with dice, mm -hmm. I don't know where you got those dice. And if I'm sitting across from you and I don't know you and every attack you're rolling is crits, 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 wilds, wilds, crits, wilds, crits, crits, wilds. Well, my eyebrow might get raised. Whereas I can watch you measure something and I can hold my measuring stick next to you to say, hey, are you measuring that right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why that's a hot topic. Yeah, definitely why it's a hot topic. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the use of dice, though? Personally, I think it should be fine, especially if you can say, hey, this is where I got these dice from. And it's like, let's, let's go back to that example of the hotness and sanity dice that I was talking about there. If I see that and I say, hey, man, do you mind if we share dice? Or, mm -hmm. or if I see that they have the other dice, you know, the red dice, the OG dice, hey, do you mind using those other dice? Like, that should be an okay thing to ask. Because even if the dice are legit, which I would expect and hope that people wouldn't cheat, but also people are weird. You know, I would hope that that's not a thing, but... If they have a problem with you using their dice that are rolling exceptionally hot, that's a red flag to me. It's a giant red flag. That's a, yeah. Yeah. That's and big, big bad. And if, let's say they only brought those dice, right? They only have 10 dice and it's only those 10 dice. And you say, well, hey, do you mind using my dice? And they aren't okay with that. I'd also kind of raise a little bit of a red flag there. Yeah, call call a judge. Yeah. Judge judge will not be okay with that. And if the judge is okay with that and the guys are buddies, there are other red flags. Uh yeah, I, I think at the end of the day we'll hit it perfectly on the head. Custom tools are custom tools. You can hold up the official tools to it and make sure everything looks correct. Mm -hmm. Uh custom dice. Uh, Baron of Dice, I think, is one of the most well-known in the MCP customized dice. Uh, and, like, that's a really well-known uh, guy slash company, so much so that Parabellum Games, who does uh, Conquest, use Baron of Dice officially for all of their dice. Yeah. So, like, you you should not have any concerns. Also, by the way, at the end of the day... Unless you're like at Las Vegas rolling those D6s, your dice are not perfectly balanced. Correct. They they just aren't. Uh, so if you want to make sure that your dice are as closely balanced as to AMG dice as they are, do that. But like Will said, uh, one, if you are the person bringing alt dice, please, for the love of all that is common sense, bring normal dice as well. Ask your opponent, make sure they're okay with you using your awesome Loki or Venom or whatever other dice that you would like to use in a game. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like it's it just that's just common sense. And also be prepared to share because you should not have something that is a little bit of like a, a mystery there uh, that your opponent doesn't have equal access to. Yep. Yep. So I've got 
a lot of there's more questions that I really want to get to here, but I've got one that I feel like I've got to get on the show, and that's from Qualistarian, and I hope I said that right. I love MCP, but I'm a little burned out. Apart from quote unquote rest of life stuff, apart from anticipation of Shatterpoint and planning to get into that, and part because. I'm not that into any of the new MCP releases until the next X-Men wave. Is there something I can do to bring the magic back, or should I just lean into it, jump into Shatterpoint with both feet, and know that MCP will be waiting for me with shiny new X-Men when I'm ready to come back? I love this question. Because, Suits, I gotta tell you something. I've dealt with this myself at times. Even as someone who makes content for this game, who plays this game regularly, it's a thing. Getting burned out is a thing. I'd say even more so than, no offense to anybody playing who's been burned out on a game before, but because there is so much additional time and attention focused on these things, uh, burnout happens. Absolutely. It absolutely Yeah. Yeah. And look, rest of life stuff, you know, life is always like, do you know, this is a hobby. We're here for the fun of it. And if it's becoming a source of stress, then take that break. Right. And if you're really hot for Shatterpoint, dive into that. Look, that's coming out in less than a month from when you're hearing this. You're going to have Shatterpoint in your hands, maybe on your tabletop if you're that fast at building and, and all that stuff. So dive into that, you know, get into those rules. One of the things that I got into for MCP before it even came out was just reading that rule book over and over and over again, reading those cards for characters that were spoiled as they came out and stuff like that, because I was so hyped for it. That's okay. And like you said, MCP will be waiting for you. And if there's nothing that excites you in these upcoming releases that's okay you know and i'm kind of i get that i get that like i'm hyped for cosmic ghost rider and i'm hyped for imbaku and claw and these characters in so in a way but nothing compared to the hype that i have for a character like bishop right like bishop's gonna be so cool even if his rules are just okay He's going to be cool because he's Bishop and he's got the Jerry curl option. And then also like my hype level for something like Fantastic Four would be off the charts, you know, and reset the clock and all that. Reset the clock. So I get it. I get it. And I would say this. Is there any way to get those juices flowing again? Nate, how, how would you say like if someone's really actually like, man, I'm getting a little burned out, but I want to get the juices flowing again. What would be a way that you could encourage someone to do that? Oh man, that's a really tough question. Uh, in part, because I think one of the best things you can do is just hold off on reigniting that spark. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it, if, if you were burned out, if you were out of fuel for MCP, whether that's because, uh, there's nothing new that excites you, uh, like Web Warriors up until Spider-Woman and Agent Venom came out, like had a drought of releases. 
uh, same with Guardians and so on and so on. Uh, but at the end of the day, if, if there's nothing that currently is exciting you, uh, or if because the meta boogeyman are chasing you around and you don't like playing those games, uh, take a moment, like take a, a few weeks, take even a month away from the game, uh, play some video games. Heavens know if you have a pile of plastic shame, you probably also have a pile of digital catalog games that you can go through and play that you have bought or downloaded and never actually touched. Mm -hmm. I know I have several downstairs at the moment. Uh, but in, enjoy some of the other hobbies and aspects of life that uh, you have going on and come back to it when you are excited for something. So coming back for those new shiny X-Men is a 100% thing to do. Go and play Shatterpoint. It looks really cool. I'm excited for it. I'm probably still more excited for MCP, just honestly. But Shatterpoint's going to be awesome too. Mm-hmm. For me, I am going to echo what Nate said. Don't worry about reigniting that spark. If you truly love it, it'll come back on its own with time. If you feel like you're, you're really, you just still really want to play, you just don't know what, and you've kind of, you know, got some kind of, I don't know, I'll, I'll tell you something that has helped with me is just trying something different. I know a lot of times it's easy to get caught in a loop of like, well, I only want to play these characters. You know, I'm only here for, for convocation. I'm only here for spider foes. I'm only here for this or for that. And that's fine. Like you said with uh, Nate, with web warriors, how they didn't have a, a new character release for a while. Like, mm -hmm. especially an impactful character outside of like black cat and moon Knight until agent venom and spider woman came out and it was easy to say if, if i only play web warriors like this is the you know but it's also there's nearly 200 characters in this game now right nate yeah and it's might be something like oh man you know what why does everybody keep saying black bolts trash well let's let's go Go check him out, you know, and don't put that pressure on yourself to play at your top peak performance necessarily, right? Like, just be like, yeah, I'm trying humans and have that conversation with your opponent. Grab a drink if you can drink, you know, and, you know, crack open a, a beer and be like, yo, let's just have some fun, roll some dice, you know, because a lot of times I know myself, I put a lot of pressure on myself and, and that can get, exhausting at times so mm -hmm. yeah that might help but i'm with you nate i think you really summed it up really well honestly well thanks yeah i've got one question i want to read real quick Do i know it. we're totally out of time it's a fun one and a quick one though good old rob asks if you had a choice between getting fantastic four next month <laughs> but amg shutting their doors and no longer producing any content or never getting Fantastic Four, but AMG continuing to release new content and updates monthly. Which evil would you pick, Will? Yeah, this is the most evil question that someone could ask, and uh, this might upset some people, Nate. But I'm going to go with I want my Fantastic Four. Now, here's a qualifier, because I followed up, because I have to know. 
does this include associated villains? And Rob said, you get one associated villain. So I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. I mean, look, ultimately, AMG might not produce any content, but somebody would. (laughs) There's my loophole. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Like, look, the, the Fantastic Four, and I know for you it's Doom, are just, those are characters for me that are important for me as a Marvel fan. And I'm sure that someone out there is listening to this and going, but they're not important to me, but I want my spiral from the Mojo verse. You know what I mean? Like something like that, right? I want my shatter star. Somebody out there is having that reaction right Mm -hmm. now. And that's okay. But this, you know, I want my first family. What can I say? Yeah, I think the reason I'm okay with that this at this point in the game, one, obviously, I got Agent Venom. Huzzah. Uh, <laughs> but I think probably around 85% of the most well-known and popular characters have at least been announced at this point. Mm. That's a bold statement to say 85% of the most popular characters. That's, I, I'd say that's probably right. Right? It's it's one of those, like, may, maybe 80. I mean... But, like, they, they've hit a lot of uh, the biggest hits. Yeah. You know they have. They, they've hit a lot of, especially with this latest announcement of Mutants. Yeah. They've hit a lot of the highlight reel there. We're still missing some keys, though. I think uh, Scarlet Spiderbox uh, with Kane and Ben would be really cool. I think, obviously, like, Phoenix, Dark yeah. or Normal... Uh, is something that we would still be missing. Apocalypse. So, like, there, there are absolutely still some major hitters uh, that AMG would be silly to miss out on. Uh, but I think we, we've hit a lot of the major hits. Yeah, yeah, we have. I mean, there, there's a, a wealth of Marvel stuff to pull from yet. But uh, yeah, I'd say if the game were to give us Fantastic Four next month and then stop development completely. I think we have a lot of great stuff here. Yeah. So, I mean, shoot, we've got more stuff here than Guild Ball ever had, and Guild Ball still has a pretty strong community presence with them trying to keep the game alive from a community standpoint and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. So with that, Nate, I think that's a perfect place to stop this wild train. Where can people find you? Uh, guys, you can find me over on YouTube at the Gamers Guild. Uh, have some character reviews, general discussion, and stuff like that for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Uh, as well, there is a Gamer Guild podcast uh, that alternates between some Shatterpoint content for those of you who are excited for that. And then uh, the other half of that is Marvel Crisis Protocol content. Uh, led by uh, Kenny G and Shadow Marvel, uh, who are both excited about both games quite a bit. Oh yeah, definitely check that out. Give those guys some love. Like, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, Suits, I hope you're enjoying this. This is this is actually kind of a really fun episode, if I guess say so myself. Like, I really enjoyed kind of gushing over something that I love and then hearing Nate, you know, Dad Nate, taking it like way more measured approach to it. You're, you're totally dad, Nate, you know that. 
I'm a dad now. Like it, it's it's ingrained. Clearly, something you know worked for you. For me, I'm over here. I'm like, can I just still be a child, please? But uh, dude, at the end, like, look at us too. Like we're we're over here talking about plastic toys. I like, know, right? We're children. We right. are super just... children. I was having this discussion with somebody at work today. Like, they were like, "Oh yeah, I'm 39 years old. How old are you?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm 36." And they're like, "You're that old?" I'm like. Yeah, I mean, you didn't get the memo that I'm, like, immature as heck and basically a child. They're like, well, yeah, we know you're immature, but we didn't realize you were that old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, cool, thanks, uh, I'll take it. So, yeah, Suits, uh, make sure to send me emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of this type of content, what you thought about this episode. If you have any answers to the questions we asked here, if you have any commentary on anything we talked about, I love to hear from you guys. You can send me messages on Facebook if you're a part of the uh, Facebook over there. You can send me messages on Discord. And if you want to know how to become a part of our Discord community, you can check out patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. And for as little as a dollar a month or what adds up to 12 bucks a year, you can come hang out and uh, be a part of the chillest and realest and thrillest and honestly most excellentest community on the internet. I love it. It's a it's a great time and there's always some fun conversations. Roster talk, Shatterpoint talk, Marvel Crisis Protocol, movies, life, anything. We, we talk about all kinds of stuff over there. It's it's a great time with a great community and I would love for you to be a part of it. And uh if you choose to support me in that way, it is so wildly appreciated. I uh, I want to say thank you to everyone that supports me there. And also thank you to you listening, whether you support that or not. Just thank you for clicking download, listening to this episode, and hearing us goof off and have a good time and talk about our painted up, sometimes plastic minis that we push around the table. And, uh, yeah. Yes, our 51% painted models. 51%. Look, I may or may not have borrowed 40% of my roster for Adepticon because I needed painted models. That's irrelevant, okay? It's irrelevant. But, irrelevant. Uh, it's, Absolutely. It's totally irrelevant. Uh, make sure to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It helps other people find Marvel Crisis Protocol content and House Party Protocol uh, specifically. So I would appreciate that. And then also check out BattleKiwi.com. You can get 10% off your first order with them. Check out their Battle Box. Love it. Make sure you get the metal tray. It is a great tournament tray situation. I, I will not go to an event without it from now on. So check that out. And uh, I think that about wraps up all the things I have to say. So uh, the last thing I want to leave you with here, Suits, is, uh, you know, we, we talked today about, like, burnout and stuff like that. And... I just want to say, like, look, if you're going through anything in your life, just know that you're awesome, you're a legend, and be good to yourself. And uh, I hope that uh, whatever it is you're dealing with, if you're dealing with something out there, that, uh, you know, know that there are people that care about you in this world. So just want to say that. And uh, with that, party on, Nate. Party on, Will. And power down suits. Suits.